Hey, welcome to Westside Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. Here at Westside, we're all about equipping believers to succeed in life and mature in Christ as they reach, win, and disciple others. In just a moment, you're going to hear an encouraging message. But before we get into it, if we can serve you in any way by helping you grow in your walk with God, we want to connect with you at wcspokane.com slash connect. Fill that out and someone from our team will reach out to you. Now let's get ready to study the word together. Everybody glad you're here? Did you get enough caffeine? Are we okay? All right. It's Christmas Eve day, right? Amen. Some of us have traditions that, uh, that pretty much go the whole week, but um, Christmas Eve, some folks have Christmas Eve traditions and then Christmas Eve night traditions and then Christmas day traditions. So um, pretty much it just means that you're eating lots for the next couple of days. So make sure you're working that treadmill out between now and New Year's, right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. God is good. So uh, I just wanted to um, take just a few minutes and uh, and spend some time just reading the Christmas story, Luke chapter two. It's a good time to remember that. Um, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble if, if you've never heard this before, but there's uh, solid evidence that Jesus was not born on December 25th. Uh, so, I'm sorry. We celebrate it, but uh, not likely. Um, however, well, it's still a season that the world celebrates, and we use it to our advantage to introduce Jesus, Jesus to people and to remember that Jesus did come uh, as a human being on the planet, and, uh, and he died for us. Amen? So we're going to spend some, a little bit of time in Luke 2, and I just want to point out something I believe God has for us today uh, for that as we read through it. So if you have your Bibles, we can turn to Luke chapter 2, and it'll also be on the screen. And uh, we're going to read read through a few things here and just see what the Lord would say to us. Does that sound good to you guys? And it won't be long because we got kids in the in the service, so we know we know the win- the window of time is very very short. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to it. Amen. Uh, Luke chapter two verse one. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. And to be, he was to be registered with Mary and his, betroth- his, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. Imagine that, God prophesied Jesus will be born in Bethlehem, and they just happen to be on a trip, and she has Jesus in Bethlehem. So she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. The manger is the feed trough in the, in the stables. Verse 8, so now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, do not be afraid for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Everybody say all people, all people. people. Come on, not just the Jews, all people. And we're included. Amen. It'll be, this will be uh, for all people. Verse 12. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in that manger. And suddenly there was with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. 
And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. You got to put a little punctuation there because if you read it too fast, then Mary and Joseph and the baby are all in the manger. And that, they just weren't that big. They weren't that big. It's just the baby. Okay. Mary and Joseph, comma, and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Verse 21, and when the eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus or Yeshua. Uh, that's the Hebrew name, Yeshua. And the name given, this was the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now, when the days of her purification were, uh, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. For it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer sacrifice to the, according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle, turtle doves or two young pigeons. That's where they get the two turtle doves from the, partridge in a pear tree. Just, I'm just trying to help you out. Okay, verse 25. You still with me? And behold, now this is where I want to get Simeon. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ or the Lord's anointed, the Lord's Messiah. Verse 27, so he came by the spirit into the temple. And when the parents, Mary and Joseph, brought uh, in the child, Jesus, Yeshua, to do for him or to do, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took, up in, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, so this guy just shows up and right at, this, right at the right time when Jesus shows up, he shows up by the spirit of God and they hand this baby over to Simeon. I, don't, I mean, I didn't hand my kid over to anybody for like months, but he take, takes his kid up in his arms. And because the spirit of God is upon him, he begins to prophesy. He says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of, of your people, Israel. See, he said right before that, he said, to prepare before you the face of all peoples. There it is again, all peoples and of the Gentiles. So this guy knew what Jesus was gonna do. And Joseph and his mother Mary, or Mary marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. In verse 36, now it talks about Anna. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, and she was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day, coming in, Coming in that instant, that instant, right when, right when Simeon is taking up Jesus in his arms and proclaiming something, she comes in in that instant and she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So right on the heels 
of the Christmas story in Luke, where we see Jesus birthed into the planet. The shepherds are warned or told by the angels who sing to God and heavenly hosts. They're like, we gotta, go, we gotta go check this out. They show up. It's exactly like they said. There's a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in the manger. They declare throughout, throughout the land what they saw, what happened to them. And people marveled at these things that, they, that were told the shepherds. And, and on the heels of all of that, after Jesus uh, is brought back into the temple for this, this sacrifice, this according to the law, they're honoring God. They're presenting Jesus as a dedication to the Lord. Here's Simeon and here's Anna. And what I felt like the Lord was just leading us uh, to see this morning was it's Christmas season. We kind of know the story. We, we have the nativities. We, we understand uh, Jesus coming and, and that is what we're celebrating. But to also recognize that right around the same time, within the, within the same month uh, that all this is happening, is God drops into the, into the book of Luke and tells us a quick story about Simeon and about Anna who were in Old Testament times, Old Covenant, and yet they knew God. And the, and the Holy Spirit was actually talking to them and, and giving them instructions and helping them to be in the right place at the right time. And so uh, uh, Simeon himself was raised in Jewish culture and Jewish tradition, and they were taught to look for the Messiah. They were all, all of the Jews were looking for the Messiah, but, but almost across the board, they were taught that the Messiah was gonna come as the lion. He was gonna come and he was gonna establish government he was gonna get these Romans off our backs. They're gonna not rule and reign us anymore. We're gonna kick all the Romans out of the land of Israel. And now the Messiah is gonna rule and reign with the Jews and the Jewish people in, in, in Israel and establish his kingdom. So they're looking for a, a mighty warrior, a military leader to be risen up and to take the ranks. That's what they were taught. So when Jesus came, they really weren't looking for Jesus. They were looking for somebody that was trained in war and in government and politics and, and, and you know, super well polished from a good family. They were looking for that. And yet, so Simeon, even under all this construct of what he was raised in and how he was taught, he still developed his own relationship with God he still found a way to hear from God for himself. And the spirit of God told him, you will not see death until you see the Messiah. So without putting blinders on and just saying, this is the only way I'm gonna see Messiah. This is the only way that it can come is how I've been taught. He actually left God out of the box. He left the blinders off so that he would recognize the Messiah when he came. And I'm willing to bet he probably wasn't expecting a baby. And yet God, uh, when we see here in the scripture that Simeon came into the temple by the leading of the spirit. So he heard from the spirit of God and he shows up at the exact time and moment that Jesus' parents showed up with baby Jesus. And he knows by the spirit of God, that's the Messiah. And he didn't question it. He just took this baby in his arms and prophesied and proclaimed over this, this child, our savior, what, what he would do. And he said out of his own mouth that it would be for all peoples and to the Gentiles. Now, again, this is outside of the box of what they were taught as Jews. The, the, their Messiah was coming to save them and to get everybody else off their back. They weren't allowed to eat with Gentiles, hang out with Gentiles, go into Gentile houses, go into Gentile cities. Like, come on, this is the law, this is the rule. But this, this Jewish man knew God well enough to be able to proclaim this child, this Messiah came for all peoples and coming for the salvation of the Gentiles. In Isaiah 49, six, the latter part of the verse, 
uh, God prophesied. He said, I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. He's talking about his son. Now that scripture's in there for, for any of those people to find, any of the scribes, the Pharisees, the high priest, they had studied Isaiah. They knew Isaiah well. They read it all the time. And yet they didn't see it. But because Simeon was close to God, he saw it. And he, he paraphrased briefly Isaiah 49, 6. And he said, to the Gentiles and to all people. Do you see this? And so it's interesting to me that right in the middle of this, before Jesus shows up, before we could even talk about salvation and redemption and being led by the Holy Spirit, these people decided, Anna and Simeon, they decided, I'm gonna follow God. I'm gonna get close to God. I'm gonna hear from God. And God spoke to them. And that's in the old covenant. How much more us in the new covenant with Jesus as Lord and Savior can we hear from God? So uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see why. Why was it that so many didn't see that Jesus was the Messiah? There, was lot, there were lots of people that did. His closest, his closest confidants, his disciples, they knew, they knew who he was. They saw what he did. They knew that he was fulfilling scripture. And even, even after he died and they were distraught and they thought, wait a minute, how did we miss this? And he shows back up and he opens the scriptures to him and he shows them again. Okay, this is me. This is, this is how it was supposed to go, right? And then it's like all the lights came on. You remember this part? Simeon's seeing some of this ahead of time. But we can understand why the Jews were thinking this way, why the, why the world wasn't looking for baby Jesus. They were looking for military leader, not innocent, vulnerable baby Jesus. Is this really how God's gonna do it, this? In, the, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14, it says, but their minds were blinded for until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. They were reading it, but they weren't seeing Jesus yet. But the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, the veil lies on their hearts. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. There was a reason why God had it hidden. It's because they couldn't see Jesus as the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. They, they wouldn't have crucified him, right? Do you remember God said that? He, he didn't lay out his plans because had the devil known what Jesus was gonna do when he died, he would have never crucified Jesus. Can you imagine? That's a bad day for the devil, right? It's like, we got him killed. Wait a minute. Is he rising up again? Are you kidding me? No. You know, I mean, we, God pulled one over on him, right? And he did that in, intentionally so that he wouldn't, it wouldn't be seen. But the Bible says that, that their eyes, their minds were blinded to see something. So Simeon's in a, in a generation where lots of people are not seeing what he saw. Anna's in a generation where lots of her, her contemporaries and people don't see what she saw. And yet the two of them got to see the Messiah when he shows up on the day that he came into the temple, they were led by the spirit to be in the right place at the right time, God connecting them together. Isn't that cool? And that's connected to this Bible story that we read where Jesus was born, all within about a month's time frame of him being born to him seeing Simeon and Anna in the temple. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says this, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those, it's hidden, it's covered to those who are perishing whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So Paul is actually helping us in Corinthians. He's telling the church, he's saying, listen, the reason why people aren't seeing this is because the God of this age, little g, God, little g, the, the enemy, 
has blinded their minds. He's blinded their hearts. They don't see it. You can't really, it's hard to get upset with people when they do unchristian, not headed stuff when they don't know the Lord. Their eyes are covered, they're blinded. Like the reason why we can see some things we see is because Jesus lives in us. That's how the veil comes off. That's how you start to get light. I mean, it, this is some of the greatest news we tell people is that it's not just about getting saved. It's like, now you start to see things you didn't see before. When you get born again and you give Jesus lordship of your life, when you turn yourself over to him and say, God, I can't do it anymore. Just, I need you to work through me. You begin to see things you didn't see before because before Jesus, the God of this age has blinded us. He's blinded us. So now we have an opportunity, us, to be the light, amen? Romans chapter 11, verse 25 says, for, do not desire, for I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. God had to do something uh, important in history to get Jesus in here. He needed, to, he needed a savior. He needed Jesus to come in and be the savior of the world. But it wasn't just for the Jews. It was for all of us. Thank God for that, for all of us. Amen? And so to do that, he, there were things that were hidden in, scriptures, in scripture until the time was revealed. Things that we can see plainly now because of the light of the good news and the gospel of Jesus Christ, we can see plainly now it was hidden before then. And now, even now, we're in an age where the enemy is trying to keep people in darkness because he knows if they see the light, come on, they're free. They, they'll see things they didn't see before. And so, you know, we're gonna have a, uh, at the end, we're gonna, we're gonna sing uh, and worship one last time and we're gonna have a candlelight uh, part of the service. And that isn't just to do something cutesy on Christmas Eve. It's, it's a reminder that each one of us carry a light on the inside. And you know, you, you put us as a candle, just a single candle in a, even a small room. You think of a, like a, I think of, when I think of taking a candle somewhere where you'd have to actually take a candle, I think of like a root cellar, right? Something that's small and confined and cold and you gotta go in there and look around. The, the candle will actually put off enough light. One flame will put off enough light that you can read the right labels and find what you're looking for and get in and out, right? So it's our light, you know, uh, individually is, will bring light to situations. It will bring light to people's hearts. But collectively, when we join together, uh, you'll, you'll even see the light, it puts off a lot of light. And we're, we're called to this. We're called to recognize and celebrate the birth of Jesus, but also to look at Simeon and Anna and go, man, if, if people in the old covenant and the old Testament can hear from God, so can I. We live in the new covenant with the Holy Spirit and, and he can put us in the right places at the right time over and over again. And we'll see such amazing things. And, you know, even just talking to a few of you over the last few weeks, just little testimonies I've heard of, of God using you to share with somebody or give them a scripture or lead people to Jesus or just um, give them books at the right time in the right place, right? That'll just minister to them where God will, will use these things, these tools and resources in our hands to minister his goodness and his kindness and his love to people. And, and that's really what this season is about is not just to celebrate that I made it, right? But to recognize it's, it's not just about me. You know, I was watching a, a famous figure, uh, who's a, uh, a major intellectual, we would call him a major intellectual in the world today, who you could just watch his transformation of just intelligent thought and going from really uh, sound arguments with just the world of why are we doing certain things? We gotta think this thing through. And he's, 
he's a, a like a psychologist, psychiatrist, and he's you know met and dealt with uh, men and women and couples and just trying to get people to think through things logically. And the transformation um, you've seen over the last few years is he's come to Jesus. He just he just he uh, he started to logically understand. And you don't get to Jesus logically, but because of how his mind works, he got to the saving grace of Jesus. And the last video I saw of him was really a very emotional man who was talking about his faith in Christ. And like, how could you not, as a believer who's going to heaven, care about your fellow man who's on their way to hell? I mean, we're really stepping out of our comfort zone, really because of what God called us to, but to really help people not go to hell. And he was emotional and he was weeping and he was like, these people have no idea where they're going. They really don't, unless we show up with the light of the good news and tell them that there's a good God and he loves you and he did something about it. And so I wanted to encourage us this morning that uh, just like Simeon and Anna, you know, kind of almost just kind of slid into this scripture in Luke chapter two, right around Jesus' birth to really uh, bolster us in that we can hear from God and that God will use us to minister because Jesus' parents heard what Simeon said of what their child was gonna do and they marveled. The shepherds told them what they saw these angels and they came and found the, the child and they marveled. It's like God was using Simeon to help encourage, again, Jesus' parents that this is the son of God and, and you are gonna watch over him and you're gonna see him grow. And, and they even lost him for three days, like lost him, the son of God for three days. God still trusted them to raise this, raise this child and toddler. And, and yet Simeon shows up and he just, the right place, right time, knew that was the Messiah, knew that was Yeshua and offered up this amazing proclamation of who he was, that it would be for all peoples and go into the Gentiles. That Gentiles phrase is for you and I. I mean, I would assume most of us in this room are probably not of Jewish descent, uh, maybe way, 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 way back, but most of us are probably all in the Gentile category. And I'm super grateful that Jesus came to save the Gentile category. Amen? Amen. Amen. So this is what it says in Colossians verse, or chapter one, verse 26. It says, this mystery that was hidden, this mystery that was hidden, that the Jews didn't see, the world didn't see, it, it ha which has been hidden from the ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Come on, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Jesus didn't just come to save us from our sins. He came to save us, and then he also came so that he could be in us, the hope of glory. And that's the good news, is that we don't have to do life alone anymore. We're not signing fire insurance policies. We are, we are accepting Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. And God lives in us so that we can be a light to the world. So uh, last thing I wanna mention is, is James chapter four, verse eight, is that this is, this is the purpose of Jesus coming. Uh, James 4, 8, the beginning of that says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And again, back to Simeon and Anna, both of them had opportunities to just, just walk out their lives like normal uh, followers of God. And yet those two decided to draw near to God. And because of that, God drew near to them and spoke things into their life, spoke things into our heart. How much more can we draw near to God and see him draw near to us, especially in this season? If, if you're in a place where you just, you desperately need to feel God's presence, you desperately need to have an experience, an encounter with God, the Bible says if we'll draw near to him, 
he will draw near to us. He's a good and he's a faithful God, amen? Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute with me? And um, if you're here this morning and, and you haven't drawn near to God, maybe, you, maybe you're here, maybe you just came in for the first time, just found us on a Christmas Eve service, maybe you came in with family. I just wanna make the offer, make the invitation to you that God is here waiting. He loves you. He has a plan for you. He desires to know who you are and he desires you to come to him. And he doesn't come snatch us. He provides the opportunity because we're free, free will. And he gives us the opportunity. He, does, he doesn't want people uh, like robots to come to him. He wants people of their own free will, their own accord to come to him and say, yes, God, I love you. I see this. I want Jesus in my life. So in this Christmas season, this is a good time to reflect and, and be reminded of who we are and, and what God has done for us. But if you're here this morning and you haven't made Jesus Lord, you haven't confessed him as Lord, the Bible says that if we will confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, if we'll believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, th these things are what lead us to salvation. They bring salvation into our lives. And so as a, as a church, we're gonna pray. We're gonna, we're gonna confess Jesus as our Lord, our Savior. We're gonna invite him to be in our lives. And if you wanna pray that with us as we pray that out, I'm encouraging you to do so maybe for the first time, maybe as a rededication, no better time than the Christmas season to come back to the Lord, draw near to him, watch him draw near to you. He will answer your prayers. He will help you. He will speak to you. He will make sure you're in the right places at the right time. I'm telling you, he cares about you. He's a good God. So we're gonna pray this prayer and I'm just encouraging anybody in here, if you wanna pray that prayer today, you wanna, you wanna commit to the Lord. You wanna give him your heart and your life. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. Just do that with us. So why don't we all do this together? We're gonna pray this together. Pray this out. If you need to pray this out, we'll all pray this out together. Pray this after me. Father God, I believe Jesus is Lord. He is your son. He came to this earth. He died for my sin. And God, you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I'm asking you, come into my life. Be my Savior and my Lord. Forgive me of all my sin and make me brand new. Fill me with your peace, with your joy, and with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God is good. Amen. Come on, you prayed that prayer. God did something brand new on the inside of you. Yes? Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to chat with you and help you in your walk with God. We invite you to connect with us at wcspokane.com connect and someone from our team will be in touch with you. You can also hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any new content in the future. Thanks again for joining us and remember, Jesus is coming soon.